Welcome to Talks News, a Portum Rebellion broadcast. Almost had a perfect intro, but then I reset the song. Thank you for joining me on this Friday update. Been about a week. And the news never stops, so I'm sure there's plenty that I've missed. Which is okay, because it literally never stops. And sometimes, we could all use a break. music fades into oblivion into the cavern that is the king gizzard and the lizard wizard from polygon wanna land Woo. they dropped a new album today called kg listen to some of it pretty trippy shit uh they they usually stay psychedelic and it was psychedelic definitely was digging it so go check out king gizzard's new album king gizzard or don't. I don't really give a fuck. It's your life. But you know, when the uh, music ends, streaming begins. Talk streaming. That's so Twitch does not mute me. Because Twitch will mute you instantly, even if you have a song that is free of copyright. Uh, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard created that album uh, for free of use for non-profit I think maybe even if to make money off of too. They they just allowed that entire album to be free of use. Whether you want to sample it, use your songs to open your podcast, your videos, um, montage videos, whatever. Polygon Wanna Land was supposed to be for the people. But since it hit uh, streaming services, Twitch can basically hear it instantly, flag your video, and mute it, making it utterly useless. So, uh, rather than having every video I have instantly muted, I, there's, there's no music for the videos. There's no music for the videos, you know? And that's just because Amazon or Twitch or whoever runs, uh, Twitch can't figure out that you don't need to mute every, uh, song that you hear because they are free of use. But I guess, you know, it's the world that we live in where every copyright law is upheld to the nth degree to the zenith all right shouts out to anchor for allowing me to do my bullshit at no extra cost at no expense so if you want to do your own bullshit hop on anchor it's for the people so friday update means i'm gonna hit some headlines a couple of that and then interestingly enough Kaylee McEnany came out of her cave, her uh, post-COVID recovery cave, uh, to do her first press briefing since the election. This administration has been oddly weird since the election. In fact, Rudy Giuliani has come out 
and spoken more often than uh, the press secretary and the president himself. Rudy Giuliani has actually been doing most of the work, and I'm not sure everybody is familiar, but Rudy Giuliani has been making a literal fool of himself. He is getting stunted on relentlessly since Borat revealed that he may or may not be a pedophile willing to stoop any uh, uh, journalist that comes across him with a, any slightly flirtatious or even pleasant uh, interactions. But Giuliani is just literally getting stunted on. Like, I honestly believe at this point that it's his mission to fail at his mission as embarrassingly as he possibly can. Like, it is super sad. It is super sad. Um, I have breaking news here, but I'm going to have to hit up... Uh, I have to hit up what I was talking about here. But there is some more breaking news here that I'm going to get into. Uh, let's see. Scroll, 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 scroll. Let me see. Where, If you haven't heard, Rudy Giuliani keeps doing these press conferences and is basically coming out with uh, baseless conspiracies that uh, Hugo Chavez had something to do with Biden's election steal, even though Hugo Chavez was in... Well, he was in life, he was alive and uh, politically radical and revolutionary before uh, Biden was even a politician. Um, I think Hugo Chavez bit the bullet well before uh, he even had a chance to maybe even meet Biden, former president of Venezuela. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. I'm thinking of somebody else. Oh my god, was I really thinking of Che Guevara? Alright, I should retire this podcast now. There's no point in me doing this if I mix up Hugo Chavez with fucking Che Guevara. Uh, pardon my racism. So, that's what I'm going to blame it on. Uh, yeah, so, uh, the president of Venezuela uh, from 1999 to 2013 apparently had a hand in Joe Biden winning. But uh, comfortably enough, Venezuela is on the shit list when it comes to the GOP conservatives and their base. So equating Joe Biden to a uh, scheme thought up by former president of Venezuela. Very interesting. What I find even more interesting is why not actually like um, involve uh, what's his who's in current who's the current president? Nicolas Maduro. Why not just blame it on him? He's the current president of Venezuela. Why would you blame it on the dead one? So weird. Even National Post says here, Trump legal team, Rudy Giuliani, uh, claims the late Hugo Chavez and communist money is behind plot to uh, subvert election or to have Biden as president. Uh, he has absolutely no proof whatsoever. Uh, that press conference that they did yesterday uh, where Rudy Giuliani was sweating so profusely that his hairspray was leaking onto his face. Uh, they... Uh, they had no basis for anything. They, they had zero evidence. They had nothing to claim except for to push out more rhetoric that will feed an echo chamber of endless uh, my election was stolen debate. Not even necessarily debate because um, yet again, we just haven't seen any evidence of malfeasance from uh, anybody anywhere. Um, of course, you know, you get these uncounted ballots, you get ballots being rejected this is very normal in many elections like with uh the certain like what was it 2600 ballots found in georgia 
Um, I'm sure that's something that's happened recently, uh, you know, maybe even 2018, 2016, or before. Um, with mail-in, we were definitely going to see an increase in these kind of circumstances, but uh, Trump is trying to cling on to any evidence that he can of uh, uh, ne'er-do-wells doing bad things to American democracy and the election process, even though his whack attempted coup of incompetence his incompetent coup is uh actually doing more damage to the fabric and foundations of democracy especially amongst the working class who are the ones who are actually fighting about this in the streets um he's doing more damage by refusing to concede and refusing to uh actually work with the biden transition while simultaneously uh feeding the idea that there was a deep state coup against the president and that's why he lost the election uh, and the media had uh, covered up the whole thing for the deep state, for the Democrats, for whatever the fucking end game of the whole narrative is. It's so fantastical and needs to be built by a various assortment of writers that Rudy Giuliani, even recently, I don't know how far this goes, but he has a YouTube channel now where he breaks down Trump's uh, legal arguments. And holy crap. Is it just full of a bunch of fake Hello, news? Hello, this is Rudy Giuliani with Rudy's Common Sense. So I just played the intro there for you. Unfortunately, we're not going to get into Rudy's uh, Common Sense. I, I, I want to save it, and I might want to come back to it at some point to get like an actual video. Um, just because you can sit here and actually Google the things that he's talking about, and you can uh, take it in and realize, oh, okay, this is a bunch of bunky bullshit. So apparently here, Rudy Giuliani's YouTube channel has been going on for at least four months, and it seems to be building this whole uh, narrative for Trump. Yeah, yep, three months, let's see. Let's make sure. Wow, actually, Rudy Giuliani's had a channel for a minute. He's actually been doing this conspiratorial uh, news commentary for a while now. And uh, his views are bouncing in between 200,000 to 50,000. Uh, it seems it was started nine months ago. Very interesting. Yes, yes. His very first episode had 200,000, and then it seems to have peaked since then, kind of dropping off pretty heavily and then picking back up, depending on the various issues that are going on here. As we have, like, Biden, Obama sell out to Iran. Uh, that video got a lot of attention. Roger Stone having an interview with him got a lot of attention. Wow, he's blaming George Soros, so we're getting a bit of that, like, globalist anti-Semitism that Alex Jones birthed into into his video, so this is great. I bet this is probably one of the first channels for uh, Trump's um, next media empire that he's alleging to have wanting to start it, but it's great. The, 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 the exact same thing that he talked about in that video that I just gave the intro for is all of the allegations and all of the baseless uh nonsensical bullshit that he did in that press conference that for some reason people aired on television in front of millions of other people so we literally have conspiracy theories actually being spread through the mainstream now today in 2020 because our president refuses to accept reality shouts out to the republican party for also helping him because great why wouldn't you why why would you why wouldn't you subvert our democracy because you lost an election and make it's like unlikely for republicans to ever win an election if it was actually down to popular vote um that's great that's the whole reason why we can't get rid of the electoral college because without it republicans would never win and they will do whatever they can to make sure that the electoral college stays in place 
but at least in some states now in the in the United States, we're starting to see people uh, actually uh, try to get in ranked choice voting. I think there was a couple states that experimented with it since 2018 and this year, 2020. So um, hopefully that's been going all well and good because eventually if ranked choice voting becomes the norm, we can get more than two parties in our uh, in our establishment and can get an actual diversity of ideas and uh, stop pretending that there's two different parties to vote for. Um, when reality, uh, you know, as a lot of people have been talking since Kamala Harris, who recently had a fist bump, she fist bumped uh, Lindsey Graham recently. Let me go back here. Lindsey Graham, who is also uh, alleging uh, that the election was stolen from Trump and also apparently had asked the, uh, what was it? The, uh, oh, fuck, who was it? Not the district attorney. Ah, Lindsey, who did you ask? Who did Lindsey Graham ask? Lindsey Graham asked uh, somebody a question that he was not supposed to. I think it was the... Who was it? It was, the, it was an attorney general? Was it the state attorney general? Uh, he had asked in Georgia to uh, remove ballots in a phone call. He said, is there just some ballots that we can, uh, you know, remove from count? Um, after... That was just before Georgia actually did a 5 million vote hand recount uh still finding biden as the winner we still you know lindsey graham doing the best that he can to show donald trump his fealty his loyalty his love of the donald by continuing to uh suppress democracy so that's that's hot that's so hot and what recently came out which connects my through line here is that we have this video right here i think it came from c-span watching but the recount on twitter uh, shows the video of Kamala Harris fist bumping, saying what's up to Lindsey Graham as he pats her on the back, while also subverting our democracy because he doesn't want Joe Biden to be president because uh, he doesn't get along with their policies. Okay. But yet they're able to show love, when, you know, on the, on the, in, in Congress. They, they show each other respect. So that's been going around. Uh, Eowyn Higgins, uh, said it's a big club and you ain't in it. That's a, you know, I'm sure that's older than George Carlin, but George Carlin made that a point in one of his standups that like the politicians, the elites, everybody's in this big club and you ain't in it. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what we're dealing with right now is the uh, the pretending game of Democrats and Republicans pretending to play this game of good versus evil when in reality they're both just playing their roles to keep. Uh, everybody a little bit, uh, you know, keep the populace docile to pretend that this battle of good versus evil is happening and so that there's no reason for working class and average voters to actually participate in politics because there's people fighting the evil and there's people fighting for the good. And it works because the people in the Democrat side see Republicans as evil and they think that the Democrats are fighting them and the people on the Republican sides believe the same thing. I say fuck them both, and we need to get mixed, you know, some mixed parties in there, some ranked choice voting, and, uh, you know, overthrow the duopoly and get in, uh, you know, something more diverse, something uh, with greater potential. But, uh, yeah, fuck them. Fuck them both. So, breaking news. Multiple people reported injured in shooting at the Mayfair Mall in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. This is breaking 30 minutes ago. And this actually comes... Just shortly after, in the same state, in the same state, Kyle Rittenhouse was posted bail. Kyle Rittenhouse, who killed two protesters and injured another 
at the Kenosha uh, Black Lives Matter Wisconsin, well, Kenosha protest. He said that he was defending a uh, car parking lot. And I think originally it was supposed to be a convenience store who had gotten that whole face Facebook group down there. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse had gone down there to also protect that. Um, and uh, it, it eventually led to escalation as uh, protests and police meet in the streets. You know, the police started using their rounds and got in their tanks and started pushing um, protesters into certain areas. Kyle Rittenhouse happened to be in that certain area. Kyle Rittenhouse thought he would defend property and material things and ended up killing two people in order to do so. And now we have a breaking at Mayfair Mall. Same day as Rittenhouse making bail in the same state. I'm not sure if there's actually any correlation here whatsoever, but it is disheartening that we would have a mass shooter post bail when another mass shooter. Yep, they've kind of, uh, officers, as I mentioned but last time we spoke, officers have kind of spread out around the entire mall now. And as I, you know, they're letting people slowly but surely letting groups of people out of the mall after they've been, uh, you know, cleared to make sure that the shooter is not amongst them. And uh, so we've seen them just uh, spread out. Also worth noting that final ambulance has not departed yet. So we, I, you know, we saw six carted off. We've been told there was seven potentially that were injured. Um, we did see one ambulance come and go take its stretcher back empty. This. So that's the situation that we're looking at now, and it's still very much developing. At least six victims loaded into ambulances. Um, this just happened 30 minutes ago. This is America. Um, we went pretty, we went pretty quiet with, uh, mass shootings, except for, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, and then, uh, the subsequent, uh, shooting thereafter by Michael Rhino, who had shot a Patriot Prayer member. Um, but now we're back to our good old swing of, uh, mass shootings, because this country, um, yeah, has a very healthy democracy that, you know, uh, one citizen is willing to bring uh, guns into uh, public places shooting fellow citizens. So uh, stay tuned on further developments of that. It's fucking disgusting that this continues to happen in this country. All right. Thank you very much, Matt Salemi, for that report. You're but from what we can tell, this the shooter is still at large, and we're uh, very unclear with how many bodies. This is... <sighs> kind of heartbreaking. So, just gave it a little bit, gave it a sec there for a moment of silence. Um, hopefully I will follow up with that shortly in this podcast. Maybe in the next broadcast. It's unfortunate, though. Yeah. Alright. So, Moving on to the headlines, I find it very interesting here that one of my top Reddit feeds says UN panel votes 163. Oh, unfortunately, I was itching my crotch on video. God, how how unprofessional can I really get? How low can I lower that bar? Really, I wonder. Um, UN panel votes 163 to 5 in support of Palestinian statehood end of occupation now let me tell you how meaningless that is after i take a short uh bathroom break yeah i did that but um in the meantime do your research on the wayfair mall 
that'll that'll uh hold you up until I get back. I'm sure by the time you hear this, there will be uh, more information on that specific situation. But I. Hopefully you looked up the Wayfair, and hopefully when you did, you uh, found that the murderer, uh, the attacker, the assailant, um, has been taken into custody and is awaiting trial. Hopefully. So, as I was saying just before I had stepped out unprofessionally, um, raw, unedited, uncut, how I do it. Times of Israel reports that the UN panel votes 163 to 5 in support of Palestinian statehood. End of occupation. Draft calling for two-state solution passes General Assembly's third committee in large package of annual pro-Palestinian resolutions that Israel argues shows biased against it. Now, I have something on poordumrebellion.net going over uh, the unpeopling of, Is uh, of uh, Palestine. And uh, through that, writing that, I actually got a bit of research on the several um, agreements, treaties, and <laughs> redrawings of Palestine um, since the original, um, you know, the, the original agreement from uh, Britain to give that land to Jewish people, uh, you know. And since the early 1900s, Palestinian borders have just gotten smaller and smaller. Uh, so this whole UN thing that happens almost every year, uh, 75th session of the United States General Assembly, uh, you know, this is completely symbolic. Uh, the UN has done absolutely nothing except for condemn Israel, and Israel complains that it's anti-Semitic, basically. Um, the unfortunate thing is, though, is that the biggest members of the UN have been helping Israel to uh, take more land from Palestinians, forcing Palestinians into open-air prison corners, such as the uh, Gaza Strip and the West Bank. Ever-shrinking borders for the Palestinians, ever-growing presence for Israelis, and every time, the UN always does this, and nothing ever happens. Uh, except for the continuation of Israel and the disintegration of Palestinian. Palestine. So, it's uh, heartbreaking. It's seriously heartbreaking. Hmm. I guess Canada, which uh, the, the report here says actually, uh, which typically votes alongside Israel, uh, stood with the majority. Again, uh, ultimately, ultimately, it's uh, symbolic because Canada has already, through decades of work, uh, assisted Israel with reducing Palestinian 
presence. So, um, th yeah, this is all bonkers shenanigans, really, just to make the UN look like it's that peaceful global movement. But it's, I don't know. It's it's so weird because Israel literally pays uh, absolutely no price because, you know, they have the uh, justification of, well, we're at war with them uh, to kind of mask all of the human rights abuses that they've committed in their occupation and resettlement. So, yeah, I don't, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful sentiment. Uh, because I also stand in the solidarity of Palestinians, but um, it's ultimately meaningless because nothing ever changes for the Palestinian people except for worsening conditions. So, um, unfortunately, as you know, those things happen, uh, the Palestinian Authority uh, continues to gain support because they feel that uh, the people feel that they're the only ones able to protect them, and that. Palestinian Authority is then shaped as uh, terrorists by Israel when they whenever they retaliate for any actions that Israel may actually cause. So this is a uh, <laughs> bittersweet bummer because the UN is just so fucking I, not cowardly, but they just literally choose to do nothing but make symbolic uh, gestures just to appease I don't know who. I don't know who they're trying to make feel better about this because this has been continued decades of the same old shit. All right, well, I just ruined that news. It didn't really say too much either who uh, had been the five. It said that America, uh, of course, was in the five who voted not to recognize Palestinian self-determination. Okay, so we have Israel, the Marshall Islands, which basically is like U.S., Micronesia, and Nauru. That's funny. But then we had Australia, Cameroon, Guatemala, Honduras, Gerbati, Pala, Papua New Guinea, Rwanda, Togo, and Tonga all abstaining. Like, uh, we don't really give a fuck about what's going on over there. Yeah, it's all symbolic, and then Israel also knows who's like their enemy and who's their who's their friend, and they have a very small amount of enemies. Uh, I mean, a small amount of allies. They have five, um, which is surprising. Um, but yeah, I don't. ultimately, I don't think anything's going to be necessarily done about Israel expanding its borders while um, openly genociding pa uh, Palestinians. I hate it. I hate it so much. Um, but, you know, when looking at reality, you just got to say what it is and try to make the best out of that situation. And hopefully there are some allies to the Palestinian people that can make that situation much better. But uh, so far, even those 163 states who've voted in support of Palestinians have done absolutely jack shit in actually helping them. So, oh man, I think that might be the only one I'm going to hit for right now. Um, because we're 27 minutes in and I haven't gotten to the main entree. Yep, is scrolling down, Israel has detained 400 Palestinian children this year. Great. I'm going to read one more. One more for Palestine. All right.
so I don't the new Arab I guess is this website reports that at least 400 Palestinian children were arrested by Israeli forces since the start of 2020 according to the Palestinian Prisoners Society. The group released a statement on Thursday to mark this week's International Children's Day, highlighting the children who have been victim to the Israel, Israeli occupation. Quote, The Israeli occupation authorities have arrested 400 Palestinian children under the age of 18 since the beginning of this year, most of them from East Jerusalem, the group had said. Quote, The Israeli authorities continue to hold 170 Palestinian children in their prisons. I hope that it says in here because I believe uh, the statistic for Palestinian children is that one in five will uh, be arrested by Israeli authorities. Uh, the article continues saying Israel is committing various violations against Palestinian children during their detention, including preventing them from completing their studies, depriving some of them of family visits in prison and isolating them in individual cells. Children going into uh, solitary confinement. When we've actually done studies on, you know, adult people, that solitary confinement does unbelievable damage to the mind. And I can't believe we're <laughs> like it. Like I, I was gonna say we. It's not the United States, but it's human beings. I can't believe Israel is doing that to children. Uh, it's it's incredibly inhumane. Uh, children can spend up to 20 years in jail if found guilty of this charge, which the charge being stone throwing at a security officer. 20 years for throwing stones. Israel's prisoner population numbers around 5,700 Palestinians, including 200 children, 44 women, 5 members of the Palestinian Legislative Council, and 27 journalists. Fuck yeah. Around 470 Palestinian prisoners are held in administrative detention without charge or trial. Sounds similar to the Patriot Act when you name a, uh, in the United States, when you name a person a terrorist threat, a national threat, you can do that. No trial, no charge, just the charge of being a terrorist, uh, being labeled one. So, that's great. These are, these are very strong nations. Uh really just breaking down any rights that human beings may have without having the power of money. So it ends right here with a graph saying Israel incarcerates thousands of Palestinians. Palestinians in the West Bank and Gaza are subject to the Israeli military court, which has near has a near 100% conviction rate. Since 1967, over 800,000 Palestinians have been detained by Israeli authorities. Oh, wow. So of 3,608 serving sentences in Israel that are Palestinians, 255 child prisoners. Of 2,145 Palestinians that are detained awaiting charge, trial, or sentence, um, yeah, that's still of 255 uh, children. That's of that same number, I believe. And we have 481 administrative detainees held without charge. Um, we also have here from the same graph, it says 6,234 total Palestinians in Israel detention on September 30th, 2018, which I believe is right after 
Donald Trump actually moved the embassy to Jerusalem, a major offense against Palestinians, because it clearly showed that the United States will choose its side from now on and forever. All right. Well, um, yeah, free Palestine. That was the free Palestine segment. It hurt my heart <laughs> getting into that. It, it, you know, anytime I think about it, Palestine, it's it's pretty fucking rough. I yeah, not a lot of positive emotions come out of it because I can only see the inevitable outcome in the future. It's it's fucked up. Um, but to wrap it up, piece of the resistance of this podcast slash broadcast is going to be Kaylee McEnany's first press conference since the election. Free Palestine, motherfucker. Good afternoon, everyone. The beginning of the end of the pandemic started with the leadership of President Trump. The beginning of the end of the pandemic started with Donald J. Trump. She says, shall we check the COVID numbers for just yesterday? Oh, boy. Donald Trump's leadership led us to how many cases yesterday? Oh, 187, you say. Oh, I'm sorry, that's 187,000, you say. A record high, you say. And how many people had died? 1,962, you don't say. Donald Trump's impeccable leadership has led us to the height of cases and deaths, beating anybody across the globe. America first, baby. America's number one. In both cases, daily cases, and deaths, and now daily deaths. America's just killing the game, almost fucking literally, and we can all thank Donald Trump for his leadership. That's how she opened this press conference. In recent days, Pfizer and Moderna reported the highly successful results of their- I mean, you have to literally be ignoring the information coming out from like actual cases and death numbers to then transition into how the vaccines are, uh, why Donald Trump is such a great leader in the pandemic response. Because that was going to happen either at the end of the year or at the beginning of the year regardless because, uh, guess what? It's a fucking pandemic. All right their vaccine development, each achieving a COVID vaccine that is over 90% effective. We know Moderna is 94.5% effective, Pfizer 95%. That is extraordinary. In July, the Trump administration, as part of Operation Warp Speed, agreed to provide Pfizer with $1.95 billion to manufacture and distribute their COVID vaccine. They're seriously still really salty about uh, Pfizer saying that they didn't accept any research and development money from the Trump administration. You can tell. You can tell they're still really salty when Pfizer said that. Um, to just be clear, because uh, McEnany is not being clear, uh, Pfizer accepted money for actual doses, not for the development of it. It's, you know, it's a bit semantics, a little bit, because if you get money pre-order pre of the actual... Like, if you're pre-ordering the doses, I feel like they would take that money and then throw it into research and development, at least a little, a little bit of it, right? Or did they take all of that money and spread it against the shareholders because they already had the R&D money? I don't know, but it's fucked up. 
nobody should be paying for this fucking virus or for this vaccine because it's all come from taxpayer money. Um, but Pfizer still making the Trump administration hella fucking salty. And I loved it. I love to see it. I love it. Allowing this vaccine to be provided free for the American people. Ooh, she said it. While Democrats. She said it. She said it's going to be free. She said it. Somebody fucking write that down. Hold them accountable. They said it. They done. They done did it. They done did it right there. If it is not free. Holy shit. When when do we actually never forgive the Trump administration? I know Republicans in the GOP will instantly. But like when will like can we hold him accountable for the amount of deaths? And like, God damn it. Democrats were pursuing a highly <sighs> divisive and entirely baseless impeachment endeavor as far back as January 13th. This president, the Trump administration and the National Institute of Health was partnering with Moderna and working on this vaccine for the American people. But that's not all. Wait, Trump was working on a vaccine with Moderna back in January when, uh, I don't even think Operation Warp Speed was enacted then, and I also don't think uh, Trump thought that the virus was even going to be here. I remember him saying in February that it wasn't very important that we pay attention to it whatsoever, that he was always going to downplay it. So it's very fascinating that he would be working with Moderna while not telling anybody that he was working with Moderna up until he actually enacted Operation Warp Speed. Very interesting timing there. Very interesting timeline. Not sure it actually makes sense in reality. This hmm. administration hmm. has remained engaged hmm. on the development and distribution of a safe and, ev and effective vaccine throughout the year. Began in January and continued thereafter. Interesting. I could have swore uh, Operation Warp Speed was more of a springtime, springtime deal. Let's see. Operation Warp. Uh, founded on May 15th. So... Yep, that's strange, because uh, it seems like May 15th was when that was enacted, but yet we have Donald Trump working with Moderna back in January when we weren't, uh, you know, when Donald Trump said it was going to be, uh, well, that was actually even before Donald Trump had said that the virus would be gone by April, by some sort of miracle. Hmm. Hmm. Very strange timelines going on here. Almost inconsistent. As if they've been living in some kind of alternate reality. May 15th, <laughs> Operation Warp Speed was launched. On September 16th, we released two documents outlining a strategy to deliver a safe and effective vaccine. Uh, these documents were the strategic, distri strategic Distribution Overview and the Interim Playbook for State, Tribal, Territorial, and Local Health Programs and Partners. On September 23rd, we provided $200 million to jurisdictions to support plans for eventual distribution. On October 14th, we provided $31 million to Sitvia for vaccine-related consumable products. On October 16th, we made agreements with CVS and Walgreens to administer vaccines to residents of long-term care facilities. On I'm going to be honest with you. She's, like, listing off a bunch of shit that just, like, it's just, like, when a somebody comes up and said, hey, I did my job. That's basically what this list is, but I guess for, like, right-wingers and supporters, it's supposed to be their, like, uh, their laundry list of how to argue that Trump actually did what he was supposed to. Um, 
because a lot of this would have happened regardless. Like you would have had to have like a seriously incompetent buffoon uh, say that a virus is going to disappear magically and then proceed not to do anything about it. In fact, just do the bare minimum. You know, you would have to have a pretty dumb president to just do the bare minimum when it comes to a pandemic. So um, it, it's very fascinating that they have to like build up this list of like, here's all the shit that we got done, guys. We're not doing anything. But, you know, they had a uh, their first task force briefing uh, yesterday, the day before Kaylee came out right now. Uh, that was their first task force press conference since August. That's how serious they're taking this, guys. They took uh, two months off from giving the American people uh, general information from the people heading the task force. Um, uh, and they finally came out yesterday. So, you know, everything's good. Everything's great. You know, we're, we don't have 187,000 new cases. We don't have 2,000 people dying a day. You know, um, we have Thanksgiving coming up. Really, that's what you should be concerned about. Um, you know, what are you going to bring? Honestly, what are you going to bring to Thanksgiving? Because Trump's got this handled. On October 21st, under the PREP Act, we issued guidance authorizing qualified pharmacy technicians to administer the vaccine. On October 30th, we announced that McKesson Corporation will produce, store, and distribute vaccine ancillary supply kits on behalf of the strategic national stockpile to help healthcare workers who will administer the vaccines. And on November 12th, we announced the partnership with large chain pharmacies and independent regional ones to deliver safe and effective vaccines. The unprecedented- Okay, so you're handing our vaccines over to private entities to distribute. Sounds like they're not gonna be free, McEnany. Sounds like they ain't gonna be free. Who's, who's really getting them free? Is it the, uh, the distributors you just mentioned? Are they the ones getting it free? I wonder how this is really going to shake out, because this is already uh, starting to grind my motherfucking gears. ...response to this pandemic has already saved many American lives. And as you can see, this timeline was ongoing. This was a long process and one uh, that we are very proud of. Now with multiple... Again, it's the details of your job. You're supposed to be doing those things. So uh, no pat on the back from me, even though you are doing it heavily for yourself safe and effective vaccines just around the corner. We urge all Americans to wash your hands, socially distance, wear a mask when you cannot do so. And with that, I'll take questions. Wear a mask when you cannot do so. Oh boy, that sounds like they're still taking it very seriously. Look at this perfect pause that I got on poor dumb rebel uh, YouTube talks streaming Twitch. Um, anyways, perfect, perfect pause of Kaylee bracing for the impact of questions that are about to come which probably have less to do with uh covid and probably more to do with the ridiculous coup that we're all being forced to partake in because this administration fucking sucks it sucks it's so bad it is the worst it is terrible it is the fucking bottom of the barrel oh god damn it and it's ruining us it's ruining us and the whole country knows it and the whole fucking planet is watching it and is seriously worried that trump's gonna coup and we're just gonna have uh far right extremism running rampant it's ugh, fuck. i don't want to worry about it but it's, it's 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 a thing it's a thing kevin Kaylee, thanks. I'm going to ask you a question that I'm asked fairly often uh, away from the White House, and that is uh, with respect to what Rudy Giuliani and the legal team on the camp. What did I say? What did I say? 
it's like they come out and talk about COVID when they don't want to talk about the elections. But then they come out, talk about the elections when they don't want to talk about COVID. Both of these things, the fucking worse. And this administration literally does not care about taking care of it for the population, for the general population, for the common good. This, whatever the opposite of a utilitarian is, that is the Trump administration. Because they are only focused on a very small minority group good. Not a common good, but a very small elitist good. Whatever the the most elitist good is, that's Trump's focused. And I guess the most elitist is Trump, so that's Trump's focus. All right. Anyways, I called it. I fucking called it. As soon as she got done talking about what the administration is supposed to do when it comes to vaccines, they asked her a question about the legal team and Trump's fucking election bullshit. Called it. I am clairvoyant. I am the oracle of politics. Please get on your knees and suck my dick. All right, enough of the toxicity. Campaign side had to say yesterday, people asked, let's suggest that yes, there is evidence of fraud, irregularities, even malicious intent with respect to vote totals. The question is, what then would be the pathway or strategy to overturn what the campaign believes is a flawed election? Are we talking about a judicial pathway? Are we talking about a legislative pathway? And a follow-up, how soon might Americans be able to get their hands on a COVID vaccine? Yes. Yeah, so what the fuck, dude? Who the fuck was that journalist? Hey, uh, I got a bunch of questions about the election, and then on the at the end, can you talk about the COVID vaccine again? Like, what the fuck, dude? Stay focused. Like, if you're going to get on the election, fucking pry her about it. Don't ask a question, one, about the election, and then two, about what she was just fucking talking about. Oh, two, uh, you're... Like, I can hear the sensationalism scratching on his fucking notepad. Sorry. First point, I would say this. Um, there's been multiple pieces of litigation filed across the country by various uh, individuals, the campaign and others. I will leave it to the campaign to make those determinations um, as to how to proceed. But the president's been very clear. He wants every legal vote to be counted uh, and to make sure no illegal votes are counted. Um, but with regard to a vaccine, uh, we... She did not answer the question if he was like really going through a uh, legislative, you know, whether he can get uh, the, the contingency electoral where the House or the Senate has to then vote on the president because the election is unclear itself, or if he's actually going to get a judicial and flip the electoral college. Um, neither of those seem very viable at this point. I think the only thing that he has is maybe more chaos. Um, I can't really tell how desperate Trump is and how much trouble he's going to get into after leaving office, but depending on those variables is how much he's going to try and actually commit a paramilitary coup using his f craziest supporters. But I don't know how far that's going to go either. I really don't. Um, we're still only like a couple weeks off of the, the election, uh, so that's going to be further developed in the next two months. We believe that there will be 40 million doses available by the end of the year. Uh, again, this is extraordinary. This is the fastest vaccine in history by uh, the by fivefold. Um, it's really extraordinary progress. You've heard Dr. Fauci, among others, say that. And it was only made possible because of this president who said at the same time. It's not true. She's building that cult of personality to suck Trump off. It's not true. Any any president could have enacted the lack of regulations to make sure that a vaccine is produced before, like, everybody dies. 
Um, to give Trump that sole credit, it's fucking nonsensical cult personality type shit, and I I ain't vibing with it. Time, I'm pursuing a vaccine. I'm going to do something novel. I'm going to manufacture it. Uh, so many. Did she just give Trump credit for manufacturing the fucking wow? Are 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 we reaching Soviet Union level of cult of personality? Have we hit Nazi Germany yet? Are we fucking Mussolini's Italy right now? Because we're literally giving Trump credit for some shit that he didn't do, which allegedly has saved, is going to save millions of Americans. How fucking crazy do you have to be? That's crazy. That's some crazy shit. Like, do you really have no uh, beliefs of your own, no morality of your own? Where are your ethics if you're really willing to sell Trump this fucking hard? Right. Any American lives will be saved thanks to President Trump and the great work of Operation Warp Speed. Can I follow up one more? Just one thing about the uh, COVID vaccine. Getting rid of regulations is not really that fucking commendable. Like, uh, cool, bro. You got rid of some fucking pesky regulations. What a great guy. Is there a concern inside the White House that a lack of working with a potential or presumptive President-elect Biden team will somehow slow down the distribution of the COVID vaccine. Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question. It's an important one and not in the slightest, um, because in fact, I did hear the former vice president say yesterday uh, he was concerned about not being able to distribute a vaccine. Um, he shouldn't be. Uh, maybe he hasn't seen, but we have publicly available that plan that I mentioned in my opening. It's the COVID-19 vaccination program, the interim playbook for jurisdiction operations. This is publicly available if the former vice president would like to read through it. Uh Holy fuck. That is literally the only plan that they have come up with with COVID as far as it goes. And it all has to do with the distribution of vaccine. And guess what? People are going to fucking profit off of it. God damn it. God damn, I hate this fucking administration so much. Um, and what's very fascinating, too, is that, yeah, Biden did bring up the fact that it was incredibly hard for him to come up with uh, national plans and even deal with foreign policy issues. There's there's a lot that Trump has to do with the transition team to make sure that they're well informed and uh, ready to actually take the reins. Um, but apparently McEnany, uh is able to skirt that question. She skirt it. it. Yeah, skirt. She skirts it. Um in order to say that they made up a plan and if joe biden is willing to read it he can use it too and it is kind of sly because it's not admitting that they're not working with the biden administration they're not willing to work with the biden administration and it's also pretty sly to say that they're not going to transition power because they have this plan to distribute the fucking vaccines when that's the only thing that they've been willing to do on a national scale because that's the only one that's going to make fucking money Oh, and also tell everybody to make take hydroxychloroquine. Yeah, that, that, that one too. Um, beyond that, I would say that we've already, um, going back months, partnered with the 64 jurisdictions um, in this country to make sure that they each had individualized distribution plans. Those have been assessed. Uh, those have been um, made certain that they're, they're good and operational. They couldn't even do that for guidelines when it came to like social distancing, wearing a face mask. Like the CDC got busted so many times because they had inconsistent uh, information on their fucking website. And now they have this plan that is supposed to be going across the entire nation. What a bunch of jokers, man. What a bunch of jokers. And I cannot believe people actually think that this administration has their interests in mind.
So this work has been Wild. ongoing. There's a distribution plan in place, which is why you heard General Perna say yesterday that within 24 hours of getting that EUA, the emergency use authorization, we will be able to distribute this all across the country. What are you going to admit you lost? Yes, Kevin. What did yeah. you shout? Sorry. What country. did that guy shout? What are you going to admit you lost? Yes. When are you going to make it law? We will be able to distribute this all across the country. When are you going to make it law? Yes, Kevin. I don't know what he said. When are you going to make it law? As if they're, uh, oh, he might be asking if they're actually going to make people take the vaccine because there is a, <laughs> there is a very large portion. And then there are also Trump supporters who are anti-vaccine. Say, no, do not touch me with your vaccine microchips. <laughs> Great. <laughs> like, you just shout that out. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Mario. Okay. Thanks, Kaylee. Um, what is the president planning to discuss this afternoon uh, with the two Michigan lawmakers? And will he ask them to uh, have the state legislature appoint electors uh, who will support his reelection? What's the nature of that meeting? So oh, yeah. we will be meeting uh, later on. Um, this is not an advocacy meeting. There will be no one from the campaign there. Uh, he routinely meets with lawmakers from all across the country. When will you admit <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but how many does he like meet with to like actually flip over the the results of an election? God damn, God damn! Can we just replace the delegates in the electoral college? That way, I get the votes. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Can we at least can we just ignore the will of a of a state that voted? in order for me to just continue being president. I like being president. There's no reason why I shouldn't be president because I like it. I like it so much. I'm willing to do whatever I can, huh? Huh? Isn't that enough for you people to let me be president? I'm willing to do literally anything. I will break laws to be president. Does that not impress you? Goddamn. This administration literally is just becoming too absurd. Literally too fucking absurd. Kaylee, at, at what point does the president concede the race and allow for a proper transition to the Biden administration? So uh, right now there's ongoing litigation. There are, um, what we know, 74 million Americans that voted for this president. That's more votes than any president has gotten in history. Um, it's really extraordinary. And they're very... It's not more than any person has got. You know why that is? Because Joe Biden got more votes than him, Kaylee. And you know it real claims um, out there that the campaign is pursuing 234 pages of affidavits publicly available in one county alone uh, that's wayne county and two individuals on the canvassing board there that have declined to certify so these are real claims these individuals yep and i think just after that uh it is going to be certified because the counts uh came in uh there was uh still the same amount of votes for joe biden making him the winner of georgia so uh, this still could all change, but apparently Georgia is going to certify that Biden won. Let's let's hit the Googles. Let's hit the Googles. All right, I'm hitting the Googles. Georgia certifies a motherfucker. Certifies. And let's not get this twisted, because if this is your first time listening, I don't give two fucks about Biden. Honestly, I just much prefer him over. Uh, Donald Trump. So, yeah, 55 minutes ago, yubbish, Georgia certifies Biden as state's 2020 winner. So I guess that is another fail for President Donald Joseph Trump. What's his middle name? I don't know.
Individuals deserve to be heard. Uh, this was a system that had never been tried in American history, mass mail-out voting. Uh, it's one that we have identified as being particularly prone to fraud. So those claims deserve to be pursued. Now, Jimmy Carter back in, I think, the 80s, 90s had found through a study that mail-in voting would have uh, opportunities for fraud. Um, unfortunately, since then, there's only been 0.00005% of uh, mail-in votes actually coming back illegally. So uh, we don't have any evidence of it being prone whatsoever. The thing that is actually more prone is the voter suppression that goes on because of, um, you know, mismatched signatures, you know, states not following up for voters to cure their ballots. Um, also redlining, gerrymandering, uh, many various little loopholes that allow uh, representatives to not count people's votes. That tends to be more prone than people actually trying to fraud their votes. Um, because voters take democracy more seriously than the people who hold positions in a representative republic, okay? Just gonna, just gonna throw that nugget out there and, you, you know, play around with it, see how you feel with it. Uh, yeah, um, has anyone from the White House spoken with GSA, with the director of GSA, about the timing of ascertaining who the next president will be, and has any pressure been applied to her? Absolutely Ooh. not. Uh, GSA what a wow what a wow what a crazy way to frame that question as if the electoral college has not already announced who the projected president is um that journalist is still playing in the realm that trump has not lost yet and that's simply because he is uh uh going through litigation which are still coming up as big nothing burgers so the GSA here is the General Services Administration, and apparently what they're talking about here is a letter from Congress to GSA asking why the Biden transition is being blocked. Just recently, uh, Joe Biden went on Twitter and probably emails to ask people for money uh, to be funded so that his transition team can be funded, which is usually about $10 million that come from the GSA. And unfortunately, which is, you know, that $10 million is taxpayer money. Uh, now, Joe Biden is asking for more. Joe Biden, who has millionaire and billionaire donors and also is surrounding himself around people who earn six-figure incomes, that's the transition team, are asking working-class citizens to pay for that transition team because the GSA refuses, which honestly should be on the level enough to impeach the, 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 who is it? Let's see. Um uh who's her name the gsa chief impeach her find a way to remove her and if that doesn't work impeach the person who is empowering her <clears throat> trump come on guys you you like literally the democrats are pretending like they have no teeth and they just keep trying to bite when really they're just like rubbing their gums on the trump administration and really all that's doing is blowing him they're blowing him and i fucking hate it the democrats have been the worst opposition party since day one anyways any fucking ways moving on say we'll make the determine determination of ascertainment i'm at the right moment right now uh there's a constitutional process that's being played out there are questions being asked in court but the gsa will determine a constitutional process that has been working out i i would love for her to name specifically what article she is talking about that'd be great Please tell me exactly where the Constitution says that uh, the president can prolong an election for as long as he wants with as much litigation and uh, uh, challenging of election results. Please just show me the specific highlight your answers, you know, write your sources. 
But if we just say it's constitutional, then Patriots will go, oh, fuck yeah. When ascertainment is breached. Can I just ask one other question, which is uh, Senator Lamar Alexander today has put out a statement encouraging the Trump administration in the absence of ascertainment to begin allowing uh, the Biden team access, full access to everything they need for a transition, access to agencies, access to real time data. Um, what's the harm in doing that? So um, there's a Presidential Transition Act that determines exactly what an administration needs to do um, in advance of an election. And we have done everything statutorily uh, required, and we will continue to do that. It's yes. after the election. Thank you. I have a question first, um, a follow-up on the transition. Has the president or anyone in the administration instructed officials not to engage or have conversations with members of the Biden transition team? No, I've certainly never been instructed that. I've never heard of an instruction to that end. Okay, and uh, my second question is about COVID, because yesterday... Oh man, you couldn't hear me because I muted my microphone to move some stuff around, but that was funny. That was funny. She's like, no, I will not admit to committing a, I will not admit that anybody a part of this administration just committed a crime. No, I will not admit that. You will never catch me on record. You're <laughs> I just like it, it, anything that you can say about McEnany, she's a fucking pro. Like she kills this shit. I, I may or may not be able to poke holes. That's really subjective. But like for the most part, she is a fucking sly, slippery, buttery, shady motherfucker when it comes to this. She's great at her fucking job and she will get a, uh, I don't know, top spot on Fox News at some point. A lot of what we heard from the doctors, they've been saying since... Or probably Trump's thing, because, like, everybody's kind of turning on Fox for not following down the misinformation rabbit hole, trying to hold on to what little integrity they have left. At the end of March. Back then, the projections were that 100,000 Americans would die. Now, as you know, we've surpassed that by two and a half times. Did the administration fail to communicate how serious this threat was to the American people? How else do you explain what went wrong? Look, I would say the initial projection that our doctors gave us was 2 million people. Um... Oh, I can't even let her finish her point. I can't even let her finish her point because she she got, honestly, that question was uh, thrown perfectly. Like, where do you think we could actually have made an improvement so that uh, a quarter of a million Americans didn't have to die? That's wonderful. And she could have even followed up with like, since uh, also the cases are increasing, like the amount of deaths is actually increasing because since last week, we've been dealing with 70K to 100K, which meaning deaths are only going to come with the dominoes, the domino effect. So um, that was the perfectly asked question. But like I said, McEnany is a fucking pro at slipping out of them shits. Like that was a Cobra clutch and she's still too slippery. Because she has that same rhetoric that feeds into the right way. Well, the doctors and the experts say it was going to be 2 million. And you're forgetting that one last little part there, Kaylee, is that the 2 million would be if we did absolutely nothing. And even Trump broke down to do that week, week, month-long lockdown. Just to save face a little bit. And every time they get asked this kind of question is like, what could we have done better to ensure that we didn't have to be number one on every statistic when it comes to COVID-19? 
And they say, well, we did do a lot. We did do a lot. And here we go with the list of things. Let's get it. They're not going to say what they could have improved on. They will continue to say the exact same things that Trump's been saying since he started his campaign of what they already did successfully, which was a uh, bare minimum shit. That would lose their lives. Um, and it's a tragedy anytime one life is lost. But we are far below uh, the two million that this could have been. We took very aggressive measures at the beginning of this uh, with the China travel ban, creating the greatest testing system in the entire world. Therapeutics, the fact that we have six working therapeutics right now, uh, the fact that we continue to identify more and more, um, the fact that I believe we have a chart on this, a fatality chart. It's um, deaths by 100 um, for age and month. And as you can see, deaths have come down for every age group. And for those over 70, that line, that red line is a testament to what this president has done. Uh, therapeutics, uh, monoclonal antibodies, that is a recent. Yeah, but that's only showing at the beginning of November. The thing is, though, is that we're seeing a massive increase during November. So if they could get those numbers, fascinating also too here is how the graph and the uh, info was put up for everybody in the room to see. Uh, the camera has not shown us what is exactly on the graph, so kudos. One uh, That reduces hospitalization in high-risk uh, seniors with moderate to mild COVID by 70%. That's American ingenuity rising to the occasion. And I mean, you have to wonder how much of that is actually from like the amount of people over 70 already dying. And now, at this point, a bunch of people over 70 have been given the time and resources to actually take the necessary precautions to not become another statistic. So her just saying blanket statements of, oh, this is improving without giving any context as to how or why. Uh, slide of hand, shady, little shifty. Don't do that. You're talking to the American people. Be informative. President Trump oversaw all of this, but of course, um, we are seeing cases rise and it's very important. Wash your hands, socially distance. We're taking this seriously. Oh, fuck yeah. It's obvious that cases are rising, so it's important that you guys social distance and wash your hands. And she didn't say there, very at the end, that uh, we can save more lives if at least 95% of America would just wear a fucking mask. Because not to uh, stop you from catching it, but to stop people who are infected, which is increasing every single day, it stops them from spreading it further. So you can at least reduce the amount of people that your virus, your disgusting water droplets that leave your mouth as you fucking mouth breathers speak. If you can wear a mask, that will decrease the spread and will reduce the amount of people getting infected, ultimately reducing the amount of deaths. Meaning that since the Trump administration will not actually do anything to prevent this from spreading further, we have to do it ourselves. Unfortunately, they convinced 74 million Americans that that's not good enough. So, cool. All right. I think the mixed messaging contributed to that because just this week, for example, yesterday, Vice President Pence wanted to make clear that they supported state and local decision making. Just two days ago, you called some of those state guidelines Orwellian. So how do you <laughs> expect people to know what to do with all this mixed messaging? Again, I feel like I've already talked about this. It's just so funny that American people can act so oppressed, being forced to hang out at their homes, which has like Netflix, heating, fucking DoorDash. You, we like Americans are spoiled up the motherfucking wazoo. Not every American, especially the 8 million who were forced into poverty due to the pandemic lockdowns, which never should have happened and didn't even have to happen. But that's a whole nother topic. But the fact that Americans cannot stay in their fucking first world homes.
phenomenal. We are a bunch of spoiled babies and we deserve everything that we get. Well, two things um, can happen at once, and it's this, taking COVID seriously, engaging in aggressive mitigation, but also recognizing that the American people have certain freedoms. And it is, by definition, Orwellian for a state like... she going to say work is freedom? Certain freedoms, like, uh, you know, we have to go to the bar, even though it might kill grandma. We have to go to a concert, even though it might uh, infect a kid who will then take that to their grandma. Like, it's just fucking ridiculous that we can't even take a year off just to play some video games and watch some movies. Like, we literally have it as one of the easiest countries in the world, even though we could definitely help lower-income families so that they don't drop further beyond the poverty line. Um, this is... It's so... God, I, I hate it here so much. <laughs> it's... I mean, it's better than living in some other countries, uh, for, for sure, in some degrees, but, like, we are literally lying to ourselves at the same time killing each other, and I can't help but feel a certain amount of contempt for the people who are egging this on, such as Kaylee McEnany and right-wing media pundits. It's great. Nothing toxic here, all right? This is certified by Tox News, not toxic like Oregon to say, if you have more than six people in your family congregate in your home, we can jail you for 30 days. That's not the American way. The American people um, know the CDC recommendations, know the guidelines. We've been talking about this for 10 months, but the American people still have certain See, and that's kind of the rough thing, is that when you're dealing with the lockdowns, you give people fines or consequences for leaving their house when they shouldn't or doing unnecessary things when they shouldn't, like, you know, with the, the whole op reopening of bars and restaurants not complying with the amount of people that are supposed to be in the buildings. People are like, well, it's my right to do what I want with my my body, you know? I If I want to go to the store without a mask, that's my right. I don't care who it puts at risk. But then when a woman wants to go get an abortion, uh, you know, in no matter what the circumstance is, it's early on, she goes in to get an abortion. Her, It's her life. It's also the whole choice of her own, not really affecting anybody outside of her body. And we're willing to commit to consequences to that woman, but anybody who can hurt the community in this specific circumstance of the pandemic, we will fight for their freedoms until we fucking burn. It's great. This is good stuff. Certain freedoms still have autonomy and still can make important self-responsibility decisions themselves. Yes, Deborah. Thank you, Kayleen. Nice to see you. Good to see you. Um, last night, Tucker Carlson said that campaign attorney Sidney Powell had failed to provide evidence for her assertion about communist money in the 2020 election. And Byron York, another journalist who's been very fair to this White House, uh, said that he, he, it was a turning point, Rudy Giuliani and the conduct at that press conference, where Republicans were feeling that, uh, that the legal maneuvers just aren't working. So is there a, did you all have a reaction to that when you saw that and read about it? Um, again, that would be a question for the campaign. Uh, we at the White House are aggressively working on COVID, uh, winding down the wars yeah. in Afghanistan and Iraq, among other issues. There will be a drug pricing announcement later in the afternoon as well. Okay, listen, yes. the cooler, uh, could I ask a question for Jackson Richmond of the Jewish News? <laughs> oh, see, when they don't want to talk about the election, they talk about these other issues. But when they don't want to talk about those other issues, let's talk about the election. The syndicate who couldn't oh be here because of social distancing. Uh, and his question is about um, J Jonathan Pollard. 
uh, his parole conditions are set to expire tomorrow. Is the president willing to commute his parole conditions or pardon him if the DOJ extends Pollard's parole? Uh, have you been getting any calls from the Jewish and pro-Israel community to take action on this case? Um, I haven't heard about that. I haven't looked into the particular case, but um, if he shoots me an email, we'll take a look at his question. Yes. Um, so back to the topic of concession, like we said earlier, is there something that the president needs to see before making that call? Is it the end of these lawsuits whenever they do wrap up all of them, um, states certifying results or different counties, or December 14th when the Electoral College casts its ballots? Look, the president, again, is pursuing ongoing litigation, um, taking it day by day, and we'll wait for that litigation uh, to play out. So just to clarify, it's the end of that litigation that we would need to see before getting a call. There's an entire constitutional process of electors casting their ballots, <laughs> and I will leave that to the president. Yes. Chanel. Thank you, Kaylee. Contrary to... <laughs> God damn it. Like, we're going to talk about the constitutional process, but the Electoral College... Uh, announcing Joe Biden the winner is the media calling it, and that's goddamn it. Like, literally, like the the Republicans and Trump and like all of them are creating this alternate reality that they're all living inside of that we're not all included in. It's ow, <laughs> Jesus Christ. To the court of media opinion, there is real time data showing vast irregularities in the voting system that we have watched over the last few weeks. I asked this question of the campaign, and I asked this of now, the White House. Where is our FBI in this entire scheme? Are they looking at any of the evidence that this White House or the campaign have presented in terms of real-time data evidence of voter irregularity? Where is the FBI? Yeah, um, you know, I would refer you to the FBI um, on that, um, to the DOJ on that. Um, there's spoken with the FBI in the last three weeks? Not that I'm aware of. Um, but look, I would say that there are real questions on mass mail-out voting. We have put those questions forward. Um, and uh, we've said this for the better part of a year. There was a bipartisan commission uh, that talked about and identified the real potential for fraud uh, with mass mail-in voting. Also, um, something that I would note is just we talked a lot about transfer of power in the election. And it's worth remembering um, that this president was never given an orderly transition of power um his presidency was never accepted um in fact oh my god oh my god even though trump trump's campaign paul manafort uh michael flynn roger stone and uh one other one other dunce oh michael cohen even though all of them admitted lying to the FBI and also doing things for Trump uh, in order to assure his election, even meeting with Russian oligarchs and uh, uh, Ukrainian officials, uh, and because an investigation was started because it seemed like a national security threat, Obama's transition team still met with Trump's. There was none of this with the GSA. There was none of this non-holding uh, back of information necessarily from Trump, although... Um, there was a report that Obama had called James Comey in to ask him if there was anything that he should not let Trump into because of the national security threat that is posed by him may or may not actually interacting with the Russian officials. So um, they're using uh, Trump committing crimes, creating an investigation for himself as uh, as if that wasn't a peaceful transfer of power. And we didn't see impeachment until the later end of 2019. So Trump actually had a full-ass presidency. 
but just because he was being investigated, oh, oh, he wasn't, he wasn't actually allowed to be a president. And it's like, dude, he actually had legislation passed. He has, oh my, the most executive orders that any president has ever had. So can we please not pretend that this man was not president for four fucking years? That is such a ridiculous claimant or statement. Claimant? It's a claim statement. It's my brain melting. All right, it's dumb. It's uh, easily, easily spoken out of uh, uh, any kind of knot that you would think would block any kind of road. Um, but Trump was allowed to be president his entire term. So please, STFU. For uh, the election, his election, we know Crossfire Hurricane was launched by Peter Strzok to pursue a baseless allegations about the president's ties. Now, they will say that uh, the Steele dossier was uh, one of the, it, it is, it, it's, a, it's a poor judgment to start the case on, but it wasn't the only piece of evidence uh, to say it was baseless and then say, well, the Steele dossier, not exactly the only piece of evidence. Uh, Paul Manafort's, uh, you know, uh, existence, text messages, emails, all linked him to having certain foreign uh, connections and uh, posed a significant uh, security threat, national security threat on his own alongside Michael Flynn, both of them already being investigated as well. So um, we're taking things out of context, spitting on it, shining it, and giving it some new context that fits into the Republican worldview. Uh, and again, my vibes are not vibing with it. So I can uh, respectfully disagree with Russia. Uh, that's before he was president, trying to subvert the will of the American people. We know in August, Peter Strzok wrote a text message about an insurance policy against a Trump presidency, once again, trying to silence the voice of the American people. Um, in 2016, we know in October that there was a FISA warrant, a FISA warrant taken out to spy on the Trump campaign. And then the American people spoke and they spoke commandingly in electing President Trump, despite all of the odds. And what happened after he was elected? You had 70 lawmakers say we're not coming to his inauguration, Democratic lawmakers. You had Elizabeth Warren saying we're going to attempt to obstruct the Trump transition by urging the Government Accountability Office to investigate uh, the incoming Trump transition. I mean, you also have to take into context here that a lot of people um, rightfully thought that a fascist had just won uh, an, elector uh, an election without winning the popular vote while also possibly working with foreign entities in order to do so. Given all of that context, maybe investigations are warranted, but if you're really a diehard Trump and willing to suck his cock on a hill worth dying for, then you're going to build that whole narrative that he was being attacked when honestly, everybody should be hold account held accountable. It's ridiculous to think that he wasn't president when he enacted so much shit and did a lot under the label of president of the United States. And then also to say that he was being attacked relentlessly. Like, fuck presidents, dude. They should be attacked relentlessly because they hold all the fucking power. Fuck them. Like, I feel absolutely no sympathy for this rich baby. It's ridiculous. Um, in January of that year, you had President Obama have a by-the-book meeting where they talked about the Logan Act, using that act to go after Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. Just before the inauguration, you had BuzzFeed promoting and publishing this bogus steel dossier that's been widely there debunked. I've been for two years. You had the basis Mueller investigation, which searched for collusion, found none, and exonerated President Trump. It didn't. And he still might face charges of obstruction of justice, and I really hope he does.
Trump. While in 2016, President Trump became the duly elected president, many sought to undermine him, discredit him, delegitimize him, and deny his victory. There were no calls for unity. There were no calls for healing. So while every legal vote is counted, let us not forget the inexcusable transition or lack thereof that President Trump had to endure in 2016 and four years into his presidency. So no matter what I say, um, there is a large portion of Americans who are going to believe that malarkey bullshit. And so we kind of have to act accordingly and try our best to bring evidence, any information that you have to kind of de-radicalize these people away from Trumpism, because it's more than likely if they voted for him, then they believe this. So um, we have to uh, be very vigilant and careful when interacting. I know I got pretty belligerent and almost ad hominem saying the F word quite a bit um, because it's very frustrating. There's another F word. But, you know, for the most part, we do have to make sure that, you know, the 74 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump can walk away from this. And it's unfortunate because we already live in a place where, you know, they should all be shunned and exiled. Um, a lot of people believe that, uh, but we, we, we have to find a way to be able to actually live amongst each other in a place called the United States. Um, and unfortunately Trump from the beginning of his campaign, uh, first campaign since he was running for actual election, since his downfall in re-election has been working tirelessly to divide this country into deeper partisan uh, uh nonsense it's 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 only it's only worse and i i think it fits perfectly for an elitist president who you know would sit in a you know golden tower uh away from working class people and even at sometimes if you know going out of his way to fuck them over um it just fits that he would use his um time in the spotlight as a politician to actually drive a deep 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 probably unrepairable division between us um and it's mostly through the working class because yeah like i said earlier with the kamala harris to lindsey graham fist bump it's all a big club and none of us are in it but it seems like mcinney is about to wrap up her press conference here thank you everyone for the very good and substantive questions today and that's where we're at yeah that is the Friday update of November 20th, 2020. Um, I hope I uh, hit everything effectively, uh, and I hope it comes across completely understandably and untwisted that fuck the Trump administration. They are doing their damnest to benefit the rich, the already powerful, and to fuck over everybody else at the bottom. And uh, whoever the GOP nominates in 2024, uh, we have to do everything we possibly can to make sure that they are not uh, elected and made president because they are going to be Trump and worse. The GOP party has changed since 2016 and they will continue down this horrible route until they uh, collapse the United States into a uh, split confederacy. That's really all I could see. But uh, I wish I had a little bit more positivity for you, but until we uh, get Trump out and start bullying Biden into a bit more progressive values, I don't think we're going to get 
uh, positive light out of politics. It's going to continue to be toxic, but uh, at least we can look at it, point at it, and uh, make fun of it sometimes. Because if you really think about it, Rudy Giuliani still scheduled a press conference after the results of the election at a fucking landscaping company. That's hilarious. That's fucking hilarious. And now Trump's, like, every litigation that he's brought up in courts, federal courts, state courts all across the country, failing. Love it. I love to see it. Even though he is fundamentally hurting our democracy and the working class's ability to uh, talk to each other, um, I love how hard they're they're hitting the ground. They're hitting the guard the ground pretty hard. And it gives me a bit of catharsis relief, a little bit of optimism that, you know, karma can work out there, but for the most part, I can still see the damage being done. And I know I'm not alone in that. And we all need a bit of copium and hopium here. You know, as much as we can get it. And that's been your uh, copium session with me here. Wacko Weirdo, Rebel Scum Jedi here on Tox News. Find it on Tox Streaming. That's at Twitch. A-Z-A-W-A-V on Twitter. At As A Wave. A-Z-A-W-A-V. Um, what's the YouTube? Portum Rebel. P-O-O-R-D-O-M-R-E-B-E-L. And, um, I don't know. Other than that, hmm. Hmm. I don't know. The cyberpunk gameplay trailer looked pretty cool. That's a highlight for my week. Other than the other shit that I just got into. Uh, oh yeah. And go check out that King Gizzard Lizard Wizard album. And if you were on the streaming, this is when I say goodbye to you. Because you're not allowed to listen to the outro music. So, have a good life. I'll catch you next time. And for those listening to the podcast, just know I love you most. Don't tell the people on the streaming. Here's the outro. Have a good night.